Hello friends, before we start this episode, I just want to do the classic here and give you a warning. My audio sounds a little bit wonky and bad and metallic somehow. I am currently working on getting some improvements done here with my setup so that I sound better again. I really apologize. I am feeling so bad putting this out, <laughs> but maybe most of you would have not even noticed without me saying anything. Either way, you are about to listen to a very interesting discussion with our friend Parth, and I hope you really enjoy it. And hopefully within the next one or two episodes, my audio should be better again too. So, see you in the episode! Welcome back to Puffcast, your Harry Potter happy place. This is episode 77, and I am Melanie. And I'm Juliana, and this week we have a very special guest, the long-awaited friend of the pod, also patron, also just a lovely human being. We have Parth, who is joining us today. <laughs> Hello, Hello, Parth is here! <laughs> Hello, Parth! How's everyone? We are good, I We're think. We're good. We can ask the audience too, listeners, shout out how you're feeling. We won't be able to hear you, but let us know. Yes. Shout out into the void. Here's your moment. <laughs> wow. Ah, great. Yeah, Good. And cool, for you cool, over great. there, it's going to get better. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, Parth, we're so excited to have you with us today. I'm so excited to be here today. Well, let's get a little bit of a fandom ID on you, Parth. So why don't you give us your pronouns, your house, your Patronus, your wand, and of course, your favorite food that is not pizza. Alright, so my preferred pronouns are he, him, his. My house is Gryffindor, but there is a bit of story in there. So when I first started taking the Pottermore test, I was one of the few who got to be a headstall. Oh! So I have to choose between the Ravenclaw and Gryffindor. Oh, I can see that. <laughs> I didn't think that I would be like good fit for the Ravenclaw. So uh -huh. I chose Gryffindor. Everyone still keeps saying me that I'm a Ravenclaw, but like, I'm not that witty. Like, yeah, I can read and memorize stuff, but like, that's not the point. And uh, the thing is, everyone else I have met, and if I don't tell them my house, they will go that I'm a Hufflepuff. <laughs> oh, okay. You are a proper headstall between all of them. <laughs> I don't know what I am. In that case, you just have to go with your heart and what you feel like is most you. And if yeah. that's Gryffindor, <laughs> I love it because we don't, or at least I don't have that many Gryffindor friends. So it's nice. Yeah, I feel like the Gryffindor friends that I have are more of like the quietly bold people. Like I would say you, Parth, are more of the one of those people. I'm generally not too best buddies with the really like loudly bold people. <laughs> but maybe that's a Hufflepuff thing. We just we like to be humble, less Hufflepuffs over here for the most part. Yeah, I'm like so. that uh, that comic strip, you know, like the background Hufflepuff, background Slytherin. Yeah, comic? Yes. yeah. I'm like the background Gryffindor from that. So. <laughs> yes, I love oh, that. Oh, I love that. <laughs> So next will be like my patronesses, right? So yeah. since 
and also now I have four accounts in Pottermore. I have taken four different tests. Like I oh have inserted <laughs> different times, every time at different houses. I'm going to go with all four patronesses. And so okay. the first one for the Gryffindor is like black and white cat. I love cat. So this is like perfect for me. I don't know why, but like I love this one. From Hufflepuff, it was a swift, a bird. Okay. And from Ravenclaw and Slytherin, both are canines. Borzoi and Greyhound. Uh, Borzoi for Ravenclaw, Slytherin, I got Greyhound. What's a Borzoi? It's kind of like a wolf and dog. Like it's it's kind of like <gasps> big dog. Oh, that sounds ah. cool. What about your wand part? My wand, same. So four different wands, four different houses. <laughs> um, for okay. Gryffindor, it's Cypress, Unicorn Core, ten and three quarters, and it's quite flexible. And uh, for Hufflepuff, it's Ash, Phoenix Feather, 10 and 3 quarters again, but it's hard. For Ravenclaw, Redwood, Unicorn Hair, 10 and 3 quarters, same, and hard flexibility. And Slytherin, it's Alder, Unicorn Hair, 13 and 3 quarters, and again, hard flexibility. For Ideal, I'll choose the Unicorn Core Hair, not Pluck, from the Unicorn very important. Yes, <laughs> I agree. Sure. Found it on the ground, stuck in the bush, whatever, yes. but not plucked. Ten and three quarters, that will be best length. And of course, hard flexibility. Not going with the yeah. flexible one, sorry. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, you seem to, those seem to be the categories, the characteristics that are repeated from wand to yeah. wand to wand for you. It just yeah. seems like yeah. the wood is different on each one. The wood, I, I when I see the woods, they're all kind of like dark, dark woods. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So that's fine. Like, I like the darker complexions as me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you could see it as a, when you were a young wizard, you started with one of them. And throughout the years, you might have broken accidentally one or something else happened to it. And then you have your next one already visually yeah. yeah something like that <laughs> right yeah. there yeah yeah <laughs> okay and now the most controversial t question we have for you parth yes. your favorite food that is not pizza tell us uh, what is it it was really really difficult like as i am an indian my favorite food is pani puri it's also called golgappa puchka different languages different regions but it's all the okay. same thing it's like uh you have a separate water like flavor water and you stuff it's like a bread that you fry it's like a small balls okay you poke the hole in and then you add a chickpea and potato mixture that's also seasoned and then you add the flavor water in and then you eat it oh i have but... i am just looking at it wait i have it here already juliana can see oh okay they look delicious yeah those are like like the starters but I can eat that whole day and it's really good. It's really good. Like it's like flavor bomb in your mouth. So Ooh, that sounds good. Yeah. yeah. I think I would love to come to Parth someday and eat his food because always when he posts some food that he has made, it looks delicious. I love Indian food. Yeah. <laughs> they're, like mini, they're like little mini bowls of soup almost kind of. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, like it's from the my Indian side. But if I go like the worldwide view, I really like hummus the dip it's so good like i can eat it with anything 
<laughs> it's just so good. I can also just like <laughs> yeah. eat with no end. I can eat it. It's so good. And then if you want to just tell us briefly about yourself, Parth, before we get into the main discussion, give the listeners an idea of who you are. So I'm from India, currently living in Canada. I'm married to a Hufflepuff named Himali recently. Aww. And uh, I am a dentist by profession. Mm-hmm. I'm still going through the licensing process oh, okay. for in Canadian dental licensing. And uh, I have studied here culinary management. So I know how to cook as well mm-hmm. because I love cooking. Now going from the Harry Potter thing of you, it was the first book I read outside of my language. Like mm-hmm. I used to read all the native language. Like Gujarati is my native language. That's what I was used to read. I love books. And Harry Potter is the first one I read outside of those. But it was in Hindi, not in English. I have never read Harry Potter in English before like two years ago. That's all. That's the first time oh, I read okay. the whole Harry Potter thing when I was doing the book club for Protego Foundation. Right. That's the time I read in English first time two years ago. Never ever read Harry Potter in English. <sighs> it's always in Hindi. Those translations are so, so, so good. I love it. Was it very confusing that you suddenly read the names and the names of places in English instead of your language? So the thing is, there are only few places they have changed the name so it wasn't that bad they have changed the name of the houses and the Mm -hmm. founders they haven't changed name of anyone except voldemort except what about not not even the voldemort oh wow i don't have the problem with the pronunciation because it was always hermione for me (laughs) (laughs) yeah so there was not much change um, but oh. that's why I really like. But the the spells were all the spells were totally translated into like basic like Sanskrit and Hindi version of those, and they're like uh-huh. really good translation. If I translate them into English, it's quite close, like ninety five percent close to the original word, like that. Oh, oh okay. nice! I guess that makes it a lot easier for you to read in English. I would imagine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, so we're gonna head on into the news. Do-do-do-do-do-do news. <sighs> we have some news that has come out in the past week. Right now, we're recording this as of the 23rd of April. The digital books for the Harry Potter library are actually getting a cover change. So all of the books that you can access on the Bloomsbury and Scholastic and Wizarding World website that are just virtual, they now have brand new artwork. I could not find the artists, but they look very pretty. I have included them in our doc right here. We have Quidditch Through the Ages, Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them, The Tales of Beetle the Bard, and also the Hogwarts Library Collection overall book, which we have a cute little picket picking out behind the books in that yeah. drawing. I think these these covers look really pretty. I especially love the Fantastic Beasts one. That yeah. just looks great. They look so magical. <laughs> yeah. Very colorful. I feel like they're a more like updated, refined version of like that whimsy that we really enjoy from the Harry Potter books and the illustrators mm-hmm. who are part of it. 
Also, on the topic of beasts, we have Fantastic Beasts, The Wonder of Nature, coming to Melbourne, Australia. And this was the exhibition that was just, I believe, in Paris or London. Oh, it was the Natural History Museum in London. That's where it was. Um, So this is the one that some of our friends in Europe actually got to go to. I believe Marjolaine went. But uh, the Fantastic Beasts, The Wonder of Nature, allows guests to explore the link between our natural world and the myths and legends that have inspired magical creatures we've come to love. This unique exhibition is a collaboration between Warner Brothers, Discovery and Natural History Museum of London. It's going to display diverse specimens and artifacts along with props from both film series. Wizarding World models and original artwork by Bloomsbury Publishing. The exhibition will emphasize the importance of protecting our natural world on theme with our episode last week, mm-hmm. as well as highlighting the real world scientists who, like Newt's Commander, have worked with to both further and understand Earth's living creatures and promote their preservation. And this is going to open up Friday, May 19th. And run through Sunday, October 8th, and tickets are on sale now. So if you live in Melbourne, Australia, or somewhere near there, you can go check this out. I think it's a good thing, because I don't think too many things, like with Finland, I don't think too many things come to Australia. So take advantage of this, friends. If you can't go to these, there are still the books, actually. I have it also in my shelf. Yes. Um, that you can read up and everything that they are including there, of course. It's always nicer to go and see these things in person, but if you don't yeah. have the possibility, that's the second best thing, I think. Yeah, that's that sounds like the perfect exhibition for, for pretty much anyone who likes nature, specifically like our Protego people like you and Mel. Mm-hmm. I think this would be like a good exhibition for someone who's very like nature conscious, animal conscious to like experience. Also, in regards to things that are happening and opening in the Wizarding World, we have the Harry Potter exhibition that was just in Atlanta, Georgia, that Jen and I went to and had a great time. It is moving to New York City starting on May 19th, and tickets are for sale now, but it was fun in Georgia, so can recommend. Our last bit of news is that, speaking of New York, Cursed Child, which originally opened, I believe they're celebrating their New York opening because the celebration's only happening there, has been on Broadway for five years now. Really exciting to see that this show is turning five, which makes me feel very old, honestly. I, I was just thinking, has it really been five years in yeah. the US already? So in in the UK, six or seven years at least? Yeah. That's crazy. It's been so long. Yeah. Wow. Okay. They are having a special show today, and we may or may not have a little bit more information on that next time what they did. So stay tuned for that. Do-do-do-do-do-do news. <sighs> Hello, listeners, and welcome to the main section of today's episode. We have our friend Parth here with us, as he has been the entire time, and he has a topic that he has chosen for us to discuss, and that is the Department of Mysteries. I love that we are going to talk about this, because we never really have much talked about this. (laughs) Which is kind of a disservice, so I'm glad that you're bringing it to the table, Parth. Yeah, thank you, Parth. No, I see. I was literally confused with it. Like, what should I talk about? Like, Department of Mystery, Ministry of Magic. Should I go mm. with the Santa Bungos? Because those are the places we never get to fully explore. Mm-hmm. But I chose the Department of Mystery because that's been more focused on the film and the book as well. So, like, let me start with the introduction and the history of Department of Mystery. 
it was established sometimes before 17th century mm -hmm. before the ministry of magic was formed so we don't know like it's not an official department of ministry of magic but because ministry of magic was formed in 1707 and we can see the records of witches and wizards they were born not created in department of mystery in the part of our website like it's been mentioned that the people were saying that oh no they have to be created like the magic has to be created from somewhere and that's how like the statute of secrecy comes in because there at that time the muggle-borns and wizard and witches like where are the wizards and witches coming from in the muggle families because how it's possible so that's mm. how they investigated in around 1600 to know that they were born. And those records were found in the Department of Ministry. So that's how we believe it's been there before the Ministry of Magic. But like it's around 17th century. But if you see what is around the 17th century happened, since everyone's playing Hogwarts Legacy or knows the stories of the office, we know the Goblin Rebellion of 1612 that's happened in 17th century. For the sports enthusiast, Appleby Arrow, the Quidditch team was formed as well. Also, the International Statute of Secrecy also formed in 17th century, the one I talked about earlier. And some of you guys will love this. The Brazilian Ministry of Magic was founded before British Ministry of Magic. Oh, okay. We have a lot of magical friends in Brazil, it turns out. Yes. So, shout out to Andre. Yeah. <laughs> and everyone else. And everyone else. <laughs> so, when we think about the Department of Mysteries, like, when did we see mentioned first? So, let's start with the book. Book five chapter seven when harry's hearing was sped up and arthur was taking him down to the level 10 in the old courtroom the department of mystery was at level nine and he see that because he was seeing the door in his dream and then mm. they went down to the courtroom but don't forget that we met broderick board in the elevator when they were going down mm -hmm. so he and both arthur and harry came out at level nine because the elevator doesn't go to level 10 so board works in the department of mystery as unspeakable but we have another unspeakable mention in the series we may have left it out when they were in Quidditch world cup in goblet of fire board and crocker was one of the few ministry employees that walked past the weasley tents we just briefly see their names in the description not much but you have to remember these two names because i'm going to discuss about them more oh okay movie four so of course because book five was already out actually we hear barty crouch jr as a moody saying to barty crouch senior after the second task when he was talking with harry like how it's going like you are really good at that and stuff and then you see the tongue flick comes in that gave away the whole plot of the Goblet of Fire thing, right? <laughs> yes. So he actually said the dialogue, I have it in here, quote, uh, Bartimius, not trying to lure Potter into one of the ministry's summer internship, are we? The last boy who went into the Department of Mysteries never came out. So mm. we don't know, like, why they included that dialogue or something, because probably whoever was writing it, they know that Department of Mysteries is going to come later in the book. Like, they just want to mention it somewhere, like some department of whatever. But like, do they really, just a side note, like, do they give really internship to the students? As a department of mysteries? Yeah. 
feels like it's on the same safety level as giving first year's attention in the Forbidden Forest right after you told them they can go out there. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) The answer to that part probably is yes, because we have no regard for anyone's safety in this. (laughs) Um... I, yeah. yeah, that's a good question because it. I my first instinct would be to say that they might have heard about it and wanted to sneak in and managed, and then that kid was lost. So, would they really let them in to show them around when they are still young? We don't know the age of that kid, but we also have to think too they could wipe their memories. Yeah, or yeah. maybe it's like the you know, like the career guidance they had in book uh, five, like mm-hmm. what career you wanna do, and then they like, oh, I wanna do this, so like just go for like in later year, maybe in year seven or something, just mm-hmm. see what's like hands-on experience of this profession or something like that. Maybe we don't know, but it still seems like a too highly guarded, too important place to let anyone just go in there, even if they wipe their memory afterwards? Do you think they would have to sign specific papers that if they ever tell anything about this place, then a mm. curse is like upon them yeah. or something? <laughs> yeah, like the one that Hermione Like, like Hermione the... did? Yeah. yeah. yeah true, Possibly. Like something like that, yeah. But like, like any other department is okay, but like Department of one. Mysteries, that's, yeah, that's an ergo. Yeah, it's... Yeah. Hmm. Okay, so now I'm going to go with the description we see in the book, like the actual book quote. Mm-hmm. It says it's in from the Battle of uh, Department of Mysteries, right? Like they were standing in a large circular room. Everything in here was black, including the floor and ceiling, identical, unmarked. Handle fewer black doors, per set at intervals all around the black walls, interspersed with branches of candles whose flames burned blue and their cool shimmering light reflected in the shining marble floor so that it looks like through it was in the dark water underfoot okay this description because like i'm a huge percy jackson fan and i'm a huge fan of greek mythology it it, it reminds me of tartarus actually like how oh, everything yeah. is dark like you uh-huh. don't know you cannot see wall floor nothing it's like that uh-huh. It's it's most like the underworld, right? Because it's yeah. level level nine. It's like all mm-hmm. the way below. Like ministry is already underground, but like it's at the level nine. In most of the mythology, they have the underworld is considered as dark. Like mm-hmm. everything's black, pitch black, and blue blue candles. So I mean, that's like pure energy, like something burning with a blue flame. It's burning purely. Like there is no other oxidations going on, right? Mm-hmm. So it's like a pure energy. And the nine levels of ministry, like it always, there are few different considerations you can think of, like how the author got the inspiration from, like we have nine worlds in the Norse mythology, we have nine levels of Dante's Inferno, <laughs> sorry, ministry is <laughs> hell, for sure. I mean, so, that's debatable, it definitely yeah. can be considered that. <laughs> but there are actually 12 doors, like it says a dozen doors around, all around them. The doors move, right? So, like, they, you don't know where yeah. to come, where you go in, where you come out. But the only thing that's for sure is, like, if you ask for an exit, the door will gonna open for you. So, if you just want to get out of the department, you can actually go out, but you don't know where you're going unless you know where you are going. So, there are, like, 12 number. 12 is, like, really, really, really good number. You see, like, so many mythological stuff for the 12 uh, 12, uh, numbers. 12 Olympians, 12 Testaments, 12 hours in a day, 24, but, like, 12 parts, right? Mm -hmm. 
also 12 cranial nerves in the body. It's like the 12 major nerves that comes oh. from the brain that's going through whole, all our body. Sorry, a little bit of anatomy for you guys, but... Oh, that's okay. Science yeah. is fun. <laughs> also, the lunar year is also 12 months. Most of the Hindu culture, they have 12 months of a year as well. Not counting mm-hmm. the Gregorian one because they we have added extra thing, but still we have 12 months in a year. There are so many different things going around the 12. And we know the six rooms of the doors. I have actually associated them with the Greek gods. Not the 12 Olympians, but the other ones. So space, I go with the Uranus, like the Uranus. Time room, it's a Kronos for sure. The brain room, I chose Athena. The love room is Aphrodite. And the death is Thanatos, not Hades. Hades is not a god of death. He is a god of dead and underworld. But mm-hmm. that god of death is Thanatos. And the prophecy, Apollo. But we don't know what other six are. Yeah, we don't. We're not given those. I'm sure there's like a a water based room that we could probably associate with Poseidon. Yeah, I would imagine something to do with like electricity for Zeus or like energy creation. You know. Yeah. So I was searching for that one. Like mm-hmm. there are like different elements of magic going on. So the most uh, common ones I have found for the magic, like on all the different fantasy world going on. It's like water, earth, fire, air, like the four elements, right? Then thunder, ice, shadow, light, moon, power, flower, and time. So there's like 12 different uh, elements I have found. But like for me, I would say it's just water, earth, fire, and wind. So water for Poseidon, earth for I am going with the Demeter because she's a goddess of grains. Fire, I chose Eris because he's a god of war and he's always angry. <laughs> and uh, air and wind, I chose actually, uh, it's actually different air gods on different hemisphere, but I chose Zeus mainly because I just want to associate with him. Flora and fauna. So like one is for the plants and one is for the animal kingdom. So they can actually study all of the other thing. That's all I can think of. Like that might be something else. Like maybe like the Marvel's Infinity Stone because we already have space, time, Mm. mind as a brain in here. So why not? It can be the reality. Why cannot be soul? We don't know, right? Because we already have death. So I can say the soul is death because it's the same thing, right? There are like so many speculations, so we'll see what it's going to be if the new reboot comes in, if they include that or not. Yeah, that'd be interesting. Or they also keep it a mystery because it is the Department department of of Mysteries, right? (laughs) Yeah, I know. Do you think there is one person even that knows all of them? Uh, That's why our next topic comes in. Like unspeakables that works in the Department of Mysteries, right? We know like they wear navy blue robes, they work, they don't discuss what they are doing. But I think all of them are working in different rooms. Like Broderick Board that we see in the book 5 that died in St. Mungo's, he works in the prophecy room, right? That's how he got that uh, effect he got on from stealing the prophecy. Mm-hmm. And uh, his friend, the croaker I uh, mentioned earlier, he works in a time room. There are like different unspeakables working in different rooms and 
I believe they don't even know who is working in other room and what they are studying, right? Like because they said like Department of Mysteries for the studying of this stuff, but I'm pretty sure they won't even tell each other like what's going on behind the other doors like that. And one interesting fun fact I uh, came across on Wiki is like the Minister Rodolphus Lestrange attempted to close down Department of Mysteries. We don't know the reason, but he did. But he was ignored by unspeakables. They didn't even consider taking orders from the minister. So are mm-hmm. the Department of Ministry considered as a Department of the Ministry of Magic or no? I think they're probably just so powerful and they have so much stuff that yeah. that if they're like, if you cross us, we will unleash our crap on you. Yeah, it's like a whole, like they're an own society in some way that you have the privilege to be adopted into or something. Yeah. There's a whole, yeah. there's so many questions in my mind now. How do you even become that? How do you choose the topic, like the door that you go through, the, the subject that you're working on? Is that just randomly assigned to you? Are they making a test to see what is your best strength and then you are sent in that way? That would mean there are maybe a handful of people who know exactly about all of the rooms and different subjects, but it's only like a very small amount of people who have that privilege. Yeah. So many questions. <laughs> so many. I know. Like when I was like researching for this, I, I like this is not a good topic, but like this gonna leave so many questions. So it's like that's yes. like it's gonna be better. Like we can think about something else for a change. Also, um, I am listening to the old podcasts, like way old of the same startup, like when they started doing the Harry Potter podcasts, right? Like Muggle Cast mm-hmm. and stuff. Mm-hmm. So when the, they were discussing about the book seven so when it's gonna come out what it's gonna be in and they were like there are like few headcanons they said that lily was working as unspeakable in the department of mm. mysteries like the headcanons mm. not exactly because author mentioned that james has so many so much riches from the from inheritance so like he doesn't need to work but everyone like speculating that oh then must be Lily's must be working somewhere in the department of mysteries because we don't know what she's been working on. Many thought that she's working on the love room. Oh. Yeah, so that's just like a headcanon. Okay. What else you guys think about the other doors? Anything else? Um, I I mean I feel like it's just it's one of those things where I kind of wish we had more information from the author as like what direction she was exactly heading heading in when she was designing these rooms because there seems to be some kind of pull on some mythological reference and we we know from our her past explanations of things has pulled on like classic stories that are from like myths and legends and things like that in the past to create a lot of her other characters too so i have a feeling that there was something she was leaning on and that would give us really the blueprint for whatever else is in these rooms more or less and you've laid out a lot of the options parth so thank you for doing that yeah but we just i guess we just don't have enough information to really know exactly what direction she was headed in which is annoying but also lets us kind of imagine things yeah i was about to say that is actually i'm sure definitely on purpose because she would want us to have our imagination go crazy and think what else could it be and we all like to theorize anyway, um, mm-hmm. so why give us all the answers? I definitely love the idea of like how you laid it out with different association to uh, different gods and, and so the parallels there. 
I love that so much. I never thought about that before. I I gave one example in this doc that was very simple. <laughs> I think <laughs> nowhere near what you have been thinking up. But one of my first thoughts was that there must be an experimental room for potions and spells that is dedicated to the defense. That could have been like that can be like a, a room of power, so they can study yeah. the dangerous oh, yeah. potion spells. Yeah, maybe. Uh, yeah, defenses, offensive spells, curses. We don't know. Yeah, so that that for example, auras could use that improve their like uh, uniform and so on to to be more protected. And you know, if any time someone else like Voldemort would step up again, that you have special forces that are even better equipped, so that they are constantly working on these things and developing more potions that are potent and spells that are better and but i believe that that's not true because as, as we see in book six like ministry is buying the protection hat and ropes from the grizzlies <laughs> wizard visits so i believe yeah. that's not gonna work <laughs> That's so, true. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like there's like a clear separation between like, I, I feel like this is kind of one of those uh, rectangles, a square, but a square is not a rectangle kind of situations where technically the Department of Mysteries is part of the ministry, but the whole Department of Mysteries is like, we're not part of the ministry. We're not. Yeah. You, you think you're getting like exclusive ropes from us? Yeah, I don't mm. think so. No, 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 no. That's not how it works. Uh, it, it's for us, not for you. Maybe their yeah. their navy blue ropes are protective. We don't know. So yeah, right. Who knows what they are protect? What else they are protecting? <laughs> Maybe they work for that. You know. Yeah, because <laughs> one one thought came into my mind when I was going through the like what could be the, behind the other doors is one was like obscurial. Oh yeah, that's a good idea. That that might be something like that, like some some other powerful being or some entity. We don't know. Something yeah. like they'll be keeping down. Because as I'm reading and researching about this more, it kind of feels like it's like a labyrinth. Mm-hmm. So you don't know when you're going to enter, where you're going to exit. And like you might be get like stuck in there forever. We don't know. It's yeah. worse than the Gringotts vault. Because in Gringotts, they <laughs> check the walls every 10 or 20 years or something. <laughs> we don't know. True. But here, no one's going to check anything if you got stuck in there. Who knows? It's gone. You're gone. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Just like that poor boy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Probably poor guy fell into the whale and then just died. Oh. So let's focus more about the rooms that we have seen or we have read. So let's start with the space one. We have actually never seen this room from inside, but as Luna was describing when they got separated from them in battle and then they come back together, she was like, it's a room with the planets, like, and then you can float. And then she blasted a Pluto to towards the death. It got destroyed, something like that. But it's so cool. Like, I love that room because I love astronomy. Maybe astronomy can be studied over there. But I don't know what, what else they have. Like, it's that room, like, big enough to, like, end, like, as an endless galaxy, a sky or something. We don't know. Mm. Or is it just the solar system in there? what it could be like it's just like a projection or it's like a doorway to actual space how are you breathing what are you guys doing in there with the planets and stuff or is it just like animated models they destroyed the pluto it got repaired or something or 
that's why it's not a planet anymore. <laughs> you don't know. <laughs> it's, it's under repair in the repair shop at the Ministry of Magic. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. And can they travel further out of the solar system? Like what extent? Like how much they know about the space? Mm. Is it like just a doorway? Like you just open and you're like you're into the space and behind is like the Department of Mystery. That's the only thing that's bugging me. But it's it's really cool. Like I really want to see how they if they are including that room into the reboot or something. But yeah, yeah I just really want to love to see what it's gonna be. All right. So next next one is a love room. We haven't even see the inside of this room and contrary to Disney love is apparently not an open door so <laughs> it's a love thing <laughs> yeah that was good part I like that yeah. one <laughs> <laughs> it's locked room cannot be opened with the spells the magic knife also get melted in there the author said there is a fountain of emotentia over there but like there is no evidence do we do you need a key how you open that door like there is no keyhole or something who works in there? If suppose it says the fountain of Amartensha over there, and we see the Amartensha has uh, like even when you smell, you can think of what uh, things you love the most. You mm-hmm. keep thinking about it. Like if you're working in there, how are you gonna prevent yourself thinking about it? Not like, yeah. Why is it locked though? Like, do you need a key? Key to the heart? Who knows? Mm. every department has a mystery Uh, every room in the department has a mystery and we don't know enough about it for example the brain room we have they have the brains in there why whose brains are those like people just donate donate their brains i imagine it's like albert einstein and like walt disney like those big iconic people all the smart wizards and models that are being compared to each other and how does the brain work in Mm -hmm. wizards and (laughs) in muggles differently yeah so that's the thing because when i was researching about the ministry of magic i came across this minister otalin gavwal so he made a committee to investigate the muggle brain power like it's not a correlation between the department of mysteries and this committee but because of the rise of british empire at that time around like 1800s uh some research says that muggles have more brains than us oh okay so they conducted investigation of muggle brain power so what like they capture the muggle take their brains out and then study them it was like that's really disturbing we have a brain room in the department of mystery but like that committee was for the unspeakables Hmm. You know, how did we start without magic to study brains and anything that's inside a body? Donations. There have been experiments done on live people and dead bodies and donations. So if there's any possibility in the wizarding world, I think, too. Although, when you think you have spells, you could probably do this in a much easier, less painful way. The people might be even able to just be awake and it tickles or something you know (laughs) you could like protect them in some way and nothing happens to them i don't know yeah or maybe it's like uh, Hmm. um, maybe like probably someone donated them as well like you can study my brain whatever Mm -hmm. right but Mm -hmm. but the thing is like when we see the description of the brain when like ron get attacked by a brain and something like that there is actually like a thing that ribbons of moving images flew from it you know like the old uh, camera rolls 
like you see the mm. images going in the negative mm. so it's like the physical manifestation of thoughts right like it's it's magical yeah. so it's almost like a pencil mm, like you can okay. see the uh, the thoughts of whatever going in the brain but if someone just like took the brain out to study like and when it's done with the study why are you keeping the brains with you like what's the point like why do you keep those memories maybe some of the the important people you keep the memories of them to study see whatever's going on right hmm. the the brain room is like really 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 disturbing for me but since i have associated with athena as a brain power so and athena is also the goddess of warcraft so and strategy so i assume that's why the brain attack the people when they take it out from the tank without the proper precaution something like that or maybe the brain is a an alien mm. Mm. they captured the aliens something like that we have seen so many those kind of uh, alien forms of the brains with the tentacles that wraps around and then suck yeah. the person whole like that so yeah wow this is deep this is making our brains work overtime right <laughs> now. So, and that's why we would not be unspeakable, Juliana, because yeah, we can't crack this. Like... <laughs> yeah. Thoughts live deeper, scar, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Let's go to the next room. That's uh, death room, the room with the veil. So there is like uh, only one archway with the tattered black curtain that's what it says in the book but in the movie we see like the silvery smoke mist like that if you pass the archway you are dead but are you like what's the point of having the archway maybe like you are in the limbo like in between the living world and the death the Mm. dead world right that because if you have archway you are studying the death how are they studying like what like they just put a peop- like person in there and then then pull them out somehow but like mm. we don't we know mm. it's not the case like you cannot pull the person out yeah yeah or maybe because the brain room directly opens into the de- that's chamber they just throw the brains in there when they're done it's like a garbage chute yeah so like just remove the brains <laughs> and throw them in the wheel yeah <laughs> I always thought that since Harry and Luna can actually hear the whispers coming from there, that the people who work in that room might be communicating with these whispers and try to figure out what is happening over there, how and study death through that. Mm. Yeah, that that can be possible. But but like imagine if I just put my hand through the whale and take it back, what comes out? Like just half oh, of yeah, my hand, or like the whole hand comes out. Are you being pulled in? Or Or I can just sucked in like a black hole? Interestingly enough, you bring up the Harry and Luna. Even the Neville and Ginny have like that look, like they are in a trance with Mm. the veil as well in the book. So it might be like the near-death experience with them because Ginny was almost died in the the book too, right? Yeah. Yeah, true. Neville also fell from the top floor. And then he discovered that he has a magical powers, right? Late Mm. bloomer, but still. Not only the person associated with the death, but also near the experience as well. But do we know for sure that when you fall through it, that you are dead? Because when we are thinking of Sirius, he has been hit with the killing curse 
So he would be considered dead before he even falls into it, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. so that that's the thing. The killing curse was only seen, like the green light only seen in the movie. In the book, it was just a spell. Like oh. even even in the games, you see like the red sparks from Bellatrix. Uh, just yeah. like maybe a stupefied curse or something. Mm-hmm. And But like in book, it's really described as like when the spell hit uh, Sirius. So he was like shocked and uh, laughing as well right like the shock yeah. and the laugh like oh that. yeah you're right i forgot about the laughing thing maybe it's like he he was shocked that uh bellatrix hit her like uh-huh. uh, he got actually hit by a spell that were kind of shock or maybe mm. it was a shock the way like his heart stopped before falling into the wheel something yeah. like that yeah. We see the funeral happened of the Dumbledore, but we never recovered the Sirius' body, right? So there was a new funeral for the Sirius. See, this is where, where we come back to, we have seen these movies so many times that these things are like mixing up a little bit and it gets jumbled. Yeah. As we see like the voices of dead are coming from the veil, right? So we, they can mm-hmm. like, so, but most of the stories we have seen like when we hear something like that coming from like they are luring you into the death right like you come with us come with me like that this is really interesting like they are studying a death like maybe they're studying like possibility of the life after death or maybe it's only those people who can think or hear the voices they are if they are thinking in the afterlife some people don't believe in afterlife right so if they don't believe in afterlife they won't be able to hear the voices of dead because they think the ones they are dead they are dead right like they cannot Mm. come back right but harry really wants his parents to come back or he wants to hear them right so that's why luna wants her mother anyway so like that so but like we don't see neville and genie they haven't experienced any death like that close one but still like they they have those looks so maybe it's like that and also as I said, that the brain room is connected. Maybe it's like the symbolization between like consciousness and that, because brain is like conscious part of the body and that is done. Could be. Let's leave it that. And next to the prophecy room, we have all been there. Crystal balls everywhere. I believe there are not only crystal balls over there. There might be scrolls. There might be uh, stone tablets, oppositions uh, written with the prophecy on it. Like because. Not every prophecy is done with the crystal ball, right? Like we have seen like different prophecy from different time figure. Like we understand the crystal ball is a proper, like better way to store it. But still they have different prophecy written or maybe something like that because mainly the prophecy is spoken. So the crystal balls are like the recording of the prophecy. But you can even like transcribe the prophecy if you don't want to keep it hearing or something like that. Also, they have put protective spells on the prophecies, right? So only the person's name on the prophecy can take it. Otherwise, if someone else touches, gets severely mad, like we see the broken mm. board, he was under the imperial's curse, right? And he was also struggling to get the prophecies. We see like the Voldemort was torturing one of the Death Eater and like while it's taking so long, it's like the, it's taking a lot of time because he's struggling because He's unspeakable. He knows how to fight the Imperius curse, right? It's it's a unforgivable curse. But so like he knew because he works in that room, he knew like what's gonna happen if he touches the prophecy that's not his name on it, right? But mm-hmm. he didn't tell that to the dead hitter. Like that's that kind of power unspeakable has. 
I think there was only one person who don't get a curse for like first time because uh, like a protective spell on them because they have to register it right we they have to record it because we see like they're seeing like the dark lore and question mark and then they later on read down harry potter on the prophecy of the one we see so like there is a different thing like so the person who is just like keeping the records of it but do they keep the records like on the parchment as well like this is the prophecy spoken by this for this for this this person like that I believe like that's the only person who don't who can put the spell on it and who cannot get it who can remove the spell as well when we see the breaking of the prophecy we actually see a person's face like a mist kind of thing they're like coming out of it and then they're actually speaking the prophecies but the the prophecy room like i don't i don't really understand why they keep the prophecies in there it's like what if the prophecy is fulfilled do they still keep it or they destroy it or does it like destroy on its own is it like a self-destruct thing like once it's fulfilled it's just like poof or maybe they chuck it into the death arch garbage disposal <laughs> garbage disposal <laughs> <laughs> i think they are just infinitely kept there forever because it seems like I, I think to remember that Dumbledore said that it was kind of like the fashion to to do a prediction you know for your child's life to see what's going to happen and many of these aren't like at all paid attention to like they're just made and then no one is like looking after them anymore or they are forgotten about and or never come true because Voldemort only made this come true because he decided to act on what he heard about the prophecy. I at least think that they are infinitely always kept there. Maybe there are just so many done <laughs> to destroy them all. Too much effort. I don't know. You have like, with magic, you can just store it infinitely make this room infinitely big and you can just keep it as a record basically that is why it was a labyrinth for me because labyrinths yeah. like they spread it like as long as possible and we don't know right so yeah now next to the last room we are gonna talk about today it's the time time mm -hmm. Time room also have the connection with the prophecy room. Same as the death and the brain room has the connection. I It believes that because the time takes branches with prophecy and the clairvoyance, it's the event linked with the time. Like they are doing a prediction of the future. So that's why there is a connection between these two rooms. Mm -hmm. Also, the time room is like so beautifully described like it's like just beautiful dancing diamond sparkling light everywhere you see the clocks it's kind of like alice in wonderland <laughs> every time you go you hear the tick tock tick tock tick tock everywhere and we the huge bell jar over there that have the hummingbird inside that comes from the egg like which is on top and then dies and then come back from the come back to the egg like that like the circuit i was thinking that phoenix would be a better choice to put in the as animatronics to put in the bell jar but then i thought that that's a different thing because phoenix are living like they have been different uh, lives right because once they die they're reborn but like it's a totally different it's the same phoenix but like they have like different life they have been here for so long so it's not a circle of life exactly it's like a linear fashion it's just like going through through and through in time 
but like the hummingbird and the jar thing uh, like the egg thing is is kind of like the similar like the circuit of circle of life like that but still it's the same same thing right like what comes first the flame or the phoenix mm. <laughs> <laughs> that was good <laughs> yeah <laughs> and the time room the unspeakable I have is Saul Croker, the one we talked about earlier. Why? Because I found this on Pottermore. We had like, you know, the old Pottermore where we got like all the new stuff about it. So he said that the longest period of time travel back without any harm is around five hours. Interestingly, the time turner, we have all the questions like, does it go back in time or you can go ahead in time? They say that only the hour reversal charms that are encased in the enchanted hourglass that can be worn around the neck and then you can revolve number of times, amount of hours you want to go back. So it's hour reversal charms, not the progression charms. So possibly you can only go back in time. Like you cannot travel further in time unless you can come back on your own time, like the present, that's all. Oh, okay. Yeah. And they have, why they put the limit of five hours? Because if you travel further than that, there are catastrophic events going on. And we know in the cursed child what happens when you time travel too much and what you do. Mm-hmm. You screw things up. Yeah. <laughs> But uh, before that, before the curse child, there are many experiments that conducted that they want to go further back in time. And then they realized it was impossible to survive because in 1899, unspeakable named Eloise Mintumble, she was trapped in 1402, 500 years back for five days. And when they retrieved her back, she aged five centuries like 500 years and because of like when they tried to retrieve her back they had a problem with like a whole timing like the whole system they said like probably like it's a fiction thing not in the real world but they said that when she brought back the tuesday lasted for two and a half days with omitting whole wednesday and most of the thursday making the thursday only lasted for four hours and then it was too much trouble to covering up in the both world. That's why the strict rule were given. When she contacted uh, 500 years ago, the, she came in contact with like few peoples. The descendant of those people, total of 25 people, vanished into thin air and became unborn because yeah. she was there. The same thing we see when Kershaw reference, when Albus and Scorpius travel back in time and then we see there are like temporarily unborn people, Rose, Hugo, Weasley, James Potter, Lily Potter, and Albus Potter as well. And they also created the, the secondary timeline, right? The alternative timeline with Panju Weasley and Padma Patil in alternative reality. The uh, Panju Weasley also became unborn afterwards when they corrected the timeline. Now, mm. being being unborn is not like the vanishment like where do the vanish objects go into nothing that means into everything right but no it's not like that where unborn people do disturbance in time they never existed to begin with because you are making the ripple in the time it's a butterfly effect right so you can only go back in time you cannot come back and uh, because we don't know how the time works is it linear or is it branches is it like a circle we don't know we see like the time travel is like a really 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 deep subject 
and even though Marvel tries to explain us, it's not understandable. So (laughs) even the the Time Bureau is not sure if it's possible or not. Yeah, and uh, that's why I believe that uh, even like the author said that they want to destroy the Time Turners, so they don't want to bring it up back again to further the cause of the story because it's too much trouble to understanding the time and we know only Hermione used the time turner in the year 3 no one else has been used uh, have have been used the time turner except Scorpius and Albus Potter that's all what are your thoughts on time travels <sighs> yeah that's even more hard work for my brain than the brain question that we had because <laughs> that is just Everyone has a different idea of how it could work and then you are contradicting yourself there and then that doesn't work out and it's very complicated, I think. And uh, Juliana, what do you think? <laughs> well, I mean, I th- I think it's such like a... It's such a I, difficult... Odd thing. I think the thing for me, the oddest thing to think about when it comes to time turning is the third book plot because... We see the effects of them going back in time before they actually go back in time. And then we see them putting those effects into place when they go back in time. But the timeline had already accounted for them going back in time. But then that's kind of like, well, what if they didn't do that? Or what if they failed? And it kind of makes you think, like, even if you go back in time, is there a predetermined timeline that you're stuck on regardless of if you actually use these time-turning things or not, and I definitely think that I know in Cursed Child we see that they, they they screw things up. Albus and Scorpius screw things up, but then they correct them, and everything goes back in exactly the right spot, and I don't think that everything would go back in the correct right spot if you fixed one thing. There would still be, like, little hiccups and changes yeah. that would occur, because, I mean, like, I'll be the first and the last one to say that the plot of Cursed Child is dumb, um, but... <laughs> <laughs> Yes. <laughs> it's straight up dumb. Um, I uh, love the show, but the fact that they make one tiny change and that that one tiny change spirals into like these huge, huge, huge things that really affect the wider wizarding world. But then they change that back and nothing else is affected by that change back is kind of like, I think, unbelievable to me. That's unbelievable. Like, I don't I don't think if you just fix that one thing that there'd be no repercussion of you screwing up in the first time around, you know? Yeah. I think that the way how Hermione uses the time turner, that to be in several places at once, to really get to every single class, I think that I can understand. And there I feel like if she's cautious so that she's not running into herself, as she says, then I think nothing much would happen that would cause trouble. But if you are going back, as they do later, and you are saving Buckbeak's life, and you're fixing this for Sirius, and you do this and you do that... You are actually changing things mm-hmm. that aren't supposed to be changed. Yeah. You know, because you have to start somewhere. It's so complicated that one thing you first learn in any theory of time is that you should never go back and change something because it's going to yeah. screw up everything. So, But that's exactly what they're doing and Dumbledore is encouraging it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I mean. it's like hmm. it's like one can argue that that thing is already happened because they have to travel back in time. So yep. like Sirius was already saved, but like we don't know. Like that's maybe we don't know. It had to start somewhere, somewhere, right? Exactly, exactly. Yeah. So that that is what what. Mm. <laughs> 
it makes that makes it so yeah exactly frustrating and complicated and it's just you will never find an answer to that that is super satisfying i think and that's why it's so fascinating to play that over and over in different stories and yeah it is very interesting and i would kind of for the show that we are getting i would love to see more on these things but it makes it really hard and complicated so yeah, it's time consuming <laughs> yeah and and we always have to remember that we have the opportunity to explore these things more in the in the tv show that is coming or whatever else comes in the future at some point but we also have to remember that harry is never seeing more than that so how do we get to that to learn more about it so that's where they have to do these side stories that are going off into a different direction that have nothing to do with harry then anymore yeah i've seen on the wiki that they have actually filmed all of these rooms that we see in the book mm-hmm. but they got cut mm. so i was like ooh, so that they must have have some kind of footage yeah we mm-hmm. need that wb yeah hand it over so yeah um like if they are doing the reboot i really want to see this all of the rooms included and like yeah. the proper way not like you know like how they just fall into the death chamber like that yeah. mm-hmm. and then it's like actually steps going down the battle happens in like all of the rooms not just in the prophecy and the death room but even like i think it was uh, Matthew Lewis, he actually said in the interview that we have filmed all of the rooms. Okay. Ah, the things they're keeping from us. Yeah. <laughs> Give us the bonus. Give us the blueprints. <laughs> so that actually concludes everything. I was thinking that we might see more of the Department of Mysteries in book 7 or something, but we actually didn't. We just yeah. went to the card from 10. Yeah, that was a big theory that I know, like, MuggleCast was toting at that point, too. Yeah. yeah. Alright, that's the wrap for my side. Okay, well, well, Parth, you've successfully fried my Mel and I's brains with a, a lot of <laughs> yeah, information. <clearly. laughs> I mean... That was very informative. Are you sure you're not yeah. a Ravenclaw? No. <laughs> Are you sure? <laughs> Yeah, that was great. I mean, you did really great research and you came up with ideas that for sure many of us never had even Mm -hmm. slightly in their mind like that. But uh, it illuminated us. (laughs) Thank you so much. I won't throw my brain into the garbage disposal of the Black Veil today. Oh my God. Don't worry. I am sure Buttercup has a special question about that for all of you, so you can all send us your ideas and thoughts about this, because I'm sure there's endless ideas Mm -hmm. from you guys as well. Okay. Well, thank you again, Parth, for that lovely, lovely conversation. And it looks like you also have an inserted fun segment for us, which we're very excited about. And so why don't you tell us about what little fun segment we are going to do now? Okay, so um, I'm going to say a few words from the Hindi translation of Harry Potter series. Mm-hmm. And you have to guess like what that word is. Oh, no. All right. No points. Just the fun. Okay. Okay. So, okay. Yeah. <laughs> so first word would be Chumantargali. You can ask for a hint if you want. Is this a living thing or, or non, a non-living thing? Non-living. Mm-hmm. So it's a place. Yes. Okay. Honey Dukes? No, because you said all the proper words were the three broomsticks, maybe. No. Can you repeat the word? Chumantar Gali. Diagon Alley? 
Yes. Oh, there we go. <laughs> okay, now this is the Vaki translation because as a diagon alley, there is no like proper translation for the word diagon alley, right? So mm-hmm. gully is alley. Gully means a way, like a path. Mm-hmm. But the chumanter, it's like a it's like a phrase, like we say hocus pocus. That is a uh-huh. fra- phrase in the Hindi, it's like chumanter. Like a hokey magic kind of. Yes, 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 exactly. Uh-huh. So it's like, okay. uh, and there is another meaning like chumanter means vanish. You just vanish oh. like that. Oh. So for the nocturn alley, it was shumanter gali, not chu. It's shu. It's like a different uh, syllable. Uh-huh. So that's how they, they added, you know, like how Harry went into the diagonally instead of diagonally like that. Yeah. So Chu Mantar and Shu Mantar, like shoe, like a shoe. So, uh-huh. uh, so that's how they, they changed that word. Okay. Your next word is Mehnat Kash. Mm. Okay, I'm just going to give the biggest hint. It's a house. Oh, is it Hufflepuff? Yes. Oh. oh, so Mehnat Kash actually uh, translates into hard working. Oh, so, okay. Uh, yeah, so Mehnat is hard work. So they put like Mehnat Kash. So I'm just gonna say like the, all the four houses and the founders. So, yes, God of Garudwar, it's Godric Gryffindor, but they changed to God of Garudwar. So it's literally translate the Griffin into Garud and Dwar is a door. Uh-huh. Like the same same meaning. So that's uh-huh. a power character. Then Nagesh Nagashakti, that's Slytherin. I say that must be Slytherin. Yeah, Nagashakti is like the power of snake. That's mm-hmm. the literal translation. Then uh, Chandrika Chilgat, that's Ravenclaw. Okay. Chil is Raven and Ghat is a claw, like you attack with the claw. Maya Mehnatkash, that's Halga Hufflepuff. Say, say Hufflepuff again. Mehnat Kash. Mehnat Kash. I love your language. It's yeah. So yeah, it's very pretty. Why are you speaking English then? English sounds awful. Like, English. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, we, we have a few, like, we have this, like, the this kind of banter going on around the friends, like the Hindi speaking uh. and English speaking, because in India, there are, like, few that they don't like the English Hindi translation. They only prefer English mm-hmm. one. And they're like, no, Hindi is so much better than this, like that. And so, like, we say the spells in Hindi just to annoy them. So uh-huh. that's how I'm going to give you a new uh, spell. Okay. Mm-hmm. Pitrudev Sandrakshana. When guardian Leviosa. What's wrong? It's, uh, ah. <laughs> it's Expecto Patronum. Oh. Yeah, because the Patronas, they consider patriarchy. So they change it to the Pitrudev. So Pitru means the patriarch. And Sandrakshana means you are protecting. And I think this will be the final one. Okay. Anishtadev. It's a person. Moni Myrtle. No, that's Mayusmina. Sorry. Oh, darn. <laughs> Albus Dumbledore. Serious Black. No. So those are all the same names. Like the Albus Dumbledore, Serious Black are the same names in the Hindi okay. translation. But this is like not actually a name. It's the Dark Lord. Oh, oh a title then. A title, yeah. Sorry. It's changing to the oh. Amistadev like that. That was nice. Morning Myrtle was Mayusmina. Mayusmina. <laughs> so only her name was changed, actually. Very interesting. Well, thank you for that, Parth. Yeah. Okay. 
off the heels of that, we have one final segment to round out our episode, like we do with all of our guests. We are going to play Are You Puffing Kidding Me? This is the game where each person tells one fact to the group about themselves, and the group must vote if that person is telling the truth or quote-unquote puffing with them. And each guessing person can also ask one question of the person telling the statement. And Parth, if you'd like to go first, we'd like to give our guests that opportunity. Okay, so the first genre I have read from the books, like by myself, first time, it was a fantasy fiction fiction book do you remember what book it was um yeah it was it was called like the fairy tales but you know like the with the pictures and stuff on it yeah yeah like the comic kind of but like like larger pictures and like the small segments of the stories like that and stuff like that like that hmm. i think that sounds like true so fitting and true yeah that i would say yeah of course because you were probably a child <laughs> i would assume yeah. so that <laughs> book selection the, fits that's usually one of the first things children are reading mm-hmm. so it would make perfect sense unless you are pulling your ravenclaw side now and you have read a scientific <laughs> uh, book about <laughs> chemistry or dentistry like or something <laughs> dentistry 101 as a two-year-old yes. no <laughs> So we are both saying it's true. Yes. It is false. Oh, so he was oh, no. reading Dentistry 101 as a two-year-old. <laughs> I knew it. No, 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 no. The first book I read by myself, it was actually kind of like a, a poem book. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. nice. Yeah, so I was in the classical literature more. It was in, in my language. Classical literature as what, like a three-year-old? Like. <laughs> No, 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 no. Uh, I was, <laughs> I think, around seven years old when I first started read by myself. Yeah. Like okay. I was, I was just like hearing the stories, like of course, like as a child, I always hear the fantasy stories, like the fairy tale books. But I have read the fairy tale books afterwards. Like the third mm. book was like that. Okay. So, so that's why I know. <laughs> All right. So my fact of this episode is that there is actually a book written about me and my life. Who wrote this? Um, I don't remember the name, unfortunately. Okay. I do not remember the name. When was this? I think I was around nine or ten. Oh, shit, I cannot ask him. Yeah, no. We can we can talk amongst ourselves. Part. I I think she yeah. might be telling the truth because I every time I seem to go with my gut feeling, it's wrong. So I think <laughs> I think I'm gonna go against my gut and I'm gonna say that this is true, even though I don't know who wrote it. Yeah. I here's the thing like if I was I remember when I was like in fifth grade and stuff we had people who like would write little books about us or like we would write little books about ourselves kind of and then they would we'd send them off and they publish them and they publish them in like actual books and you, they'd send them back to you and you could bring them home and like me and my siblings all have like a little book that we wrote about ourselves like our autobiography as a fifth grader okay I did definitely not write that about myself that feels weird <laughs> narcissism maybe in the United States possibly um <laughs> uh, <laughs> I want to say it's true. No, I I think she is lying. Do you think? Okay, good. We have a 50-50 shot. Yeah. So it is actually true. Aha! I knew it. I went against my gut feeling and I got it right this time. (laughs) So it was maybe like saying about my life is maybe like a little overdramatic. But as a kid, and I think I was around between 8 and 10, something like that, I was actually getting a gift from my parents where... It was a story written of a little kid that 
adopts a kangaroo and it goes back to the zoo and that kind of stuff. But it was like including different friends and other small details. Oh, yeah, yeah, and those knows. were my details. So there was my name, there was the names of my friends, my parents, my brother. Even the car that was shown had the license plate number of my my father and these kinds of things. The yeah. dog was in there and everything. So it was kind of about me and my life with my friends. But there was like another underlining story. Of course, I never had a kangaroo. That would be silly. <laughs> I mean, you never know. But yeah, so that was like a base story. And then they would fill it in with the kid's details. So it would be more personalized. What annoyed me so much about the book is that the kid was not looking like me. So um, oh, that's, that's, there, that's they failed me. <laughs> I thought I was going to get a signed version of the book right now. But like, yeah, that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I even have that book anymore. I, it might be still in a in a box somewhere. But okay. So Juliana. Yes. So my fact is that I have been in a murder mystery dinner party as a performer, and it just so happens I got to play the killer. Hmm. Simple question. Where was that and when? That's two I, questions, but counted as one. <laughs> I want to say it was the summer between... It was my first year of high school, so ninth grade into 10th grade, and it was with the Girl Scouts, and it was during our annual like camp weekend that we would do with them, and... Hmm. It was like a clue style thing. So I didn't know I was going to be the murderer going into it. And you kind of just like find out when you show up. And it was just all volunteer based because it was camp. Yeah. Uh, what was the weapon? It was the knife. I think you're lying. You might be a victim or something, but you weren't the killer. Like- oh, okay. You think I was killed? She was the dead body on the floor all this time. Yes. <laughs> I was the dead or one. Maybe, maybe, maybe like the partner of the killer, but like it's like, like a technical thing. Maybe like you are not the killer. Like you might be in the modern mystery dinner performance. I will say when these in these performances, they announce that like you, you go about with your meal and then they like someone comes out and they're like, oh, my God, this person has been killed. And you, you get the information of who has been killed. As you go in, and if you're a suspect, they announce someone who's not there, pretty much. You can't be killed and, and be in the room. So okay. So I'll, I'll leave that there as more of like the setup for the for like a mystery murder dinner party as I've seen them and been part of them. Okay. I feel like this could be true. It sounds fun, by the way. You think I killed Bob in, in the library with the knife? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you... Backstabber cast is back. Yeah, backstabber cast is coming back. <laughs> <laughs> this is where it started, friends. This is where I got it the idea. Sounds like you. <laughs> In high school, I was already scheming. Yes. Yeah. I'm, oh, it's like 60 40 for me. Like, I'm going to say yes, like it's true for 60 40, mm-hmm. but like 40% is saying no, no. There is like some something that technical that's wrong with your sentence. So, <laughs> uh, okay. So, so we have two yeses then, correct? Do you think that I've been I've been the killer in the murder mystery party? Um, no, 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 no. I'm going with the false. Okay, false for Parth, true for Mel. Yeah. Okay. Well, it is false. I've actually never yes. been part of a murder <sighs> yes. mystery dinner. I've I've attended one as like someone who sits in the audience only once though. In the audience. Yes. And it was something that I didn't even know I was going to. And it was like when I was like seven. Oh. <laughs> and that was more okay. like, I think that was like a Girl Scout outing or something. And we just like happened to be in a restaurant that just so happened to be like a weird theater restaurant. And we didn't realize it till it was too late to like go anywhere. 
<laughs> okay. No, I have. I would love to be part of one of these now. This would be so much fun. But yeah, it sounds fun. I mean, I've heard yeah. heard this like many times that it it has existed for a long time that yeah. they make these things. Okay, good. Congratulations, both of you, getting each a point. This is our second round for this year of the game. So uh, currently, Juliana and the guests are tied with two points. I have zero points, but I will catch up. You mm. wait and see. <laughs> We're not that far in yet, so there's still time. No, this is the beginning. This is good. So, all right. That was great. I think we can jump over to Buttercup's question. Hello, dears. I am wondering what you think the other rooms in the Department of Mysteries could be. Share your thoughts and ideas with us on all our social media or send us an email at podcastpod at gmail.com. Okay, well, thank you, Miss Buttercup, for your lovely question this week. And thank you, Parth, for joining us. Yeah, it was so nice. Thank you for having me. And bringing such a great topic as well. You did mm-hmm. such a good work. So There are a few topics I want to discuss. But I was like, let me just go with like some of the book topic, like the series. Mm-hmm. Because this was planning for like I really like most of like three, four year a uh, week ago. but uh-huh. uh, And then we heard the announcement of this. I was like, okay, now this is the perfect time I can just discuss about it. <laughs> and we'll, we'll yeah. let, just let let have like people dive into this topic now more like go read the books <laughs> yeah you know what keep the other topics at hand because probably at some point we are going to have a new round for the patreons to <laughs> yeah. come on and then we can discuss the next one if you like yeah we'll see <laughs> okay and parth if listeners want to find you where can they locate you if they'd like to see what you're up to um so like, I'm not much, like, I don't post much. I'm, like, only on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. For Twitter and Instagram, it's the Parth Magics. It's my first name, P-A-R-T-H-M-A-G-I-X, Magics. And on Facebook, you can find me as Parth Parekh, or if you can just search for Chocolate Owl, you can find me as well. <laughs> That's all good, yeah. And we'll tag Parth in our posts for this episode. So if you uh, have any questions, concerns, or comments for him, you can send them either to us or hit him up on Instagram. So yeah. that is a we can discuss thing. about more about the our unspeakable group. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> make if you if you're interested, yes. we can make something like that, and we can discuss yeah. about it. Yeah. That could be fun. One other place where you can find lots of fun and carrots with Parth yeah. uh, is actually <laughs> on the Discord for the Protego Foundation. Protego Foundation. So yes. come and join us over there. It's always quite fun. So. If you need, if you're in need of um, buns, I can be there too. Yeah. Oh, um, speaking of that, I do you have, have a dumb a... joke. Yes. Yes. Oh, bonus! <laughs> I can't wait. Okay. Um. So, what are the most dangerous type of canoes? I don't know what. Volcanoes. 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 Vol- oh, volcanoes. <laughs> <laughs> I like that one. That's good. I like All it, Parth. Right. <laughs> I, have, I have one for Juliana also. Oh, okay. Why can't you see elephants hide in trees? Something about a trunk, but I have no idea. Maybe, I don't know. Give it to me. Because they're so good at it. So you can't see them. Yeah. Exactly. So we can't see them. I guess, yeah, valid. Okay. 
Okie dokie then. <laughs> okay. Uh, and okay. with that, Juliana, <laughs> give us our contents, please. Okay, <laughs> listeners. Well, if you would like more dumb jokes, uh, you know where to find us. You can listen to us on all platforms where pods are cast. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at PopcastPod. And we are also over on Facebook at Facebook.com slash PopCast. You can send us an email all about your thoughts, feelings, all the other things about the Department of Mysteries that you'd like us to either talk about on the show or send over to our friend Parth at PopcastPod at gmail.com you can also support us just like parth is thank you again parth for your patronship you can join him and our other patrons over at patreon.com slash puffcast for as little as two dollars a month where you can get exclusive benefits like bloopers access to the rest of our conversation about the tv show if you'd like that Mm -hmm. and also stickers and so much more and helping us to donate to charity every month and this month our may donation went to the jane goodall foundation in honor of our guest eric who was just on our past episode so thank you to eric for that suggestion and that is patreon.com slash podcast you can also get a snazzy podcast shirt like the one mel is wearing currently because you listeners can definitely see that yeah <laughs> on bonfire.com and if you search podcast we are the only shirt that will come up there that's the easiest way to find us bonfire.com search podcast in the search bar and you can also find that link in our show notes and in our bio on instagram and if you'd like to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts or Spotify and leave us a five-star review and possibly some comments, we would love to read it here. But, listeners, until next time, stay buffy and badger on into the Department of Mystery and bring us the answers that we seek. Yeah. Our brains can't compete. That no. was a rhyme. <laughs> yeah, don't fall into the garbage disposal <laughs> of the Black Veil, please. Uh, no more prophecies, please. It's full already. Yeah. The- yeah. Ha ha ha.